Um, so when the Lord was talking to me um, about do you trust me, what um, he asked me to do is to share a little bit about our journey because several years ago, the Lord asked us those very words, do you trust me? And he's taken us on this adventure. And so I wanna talk a little bit about that, give you a little bit of background um, about us, and then I believe that is exactly what he is asking us to do again as a body, is do you trust me with these words that he's given? And we'll see um, how he wants to dig into those when we're when I'm finished, because I'm still not 100% clear how he wants to shift it. So we'll just see what he does. So um, a little background about um, Brian and I. I was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania, but I was raised in upstate New York and moved to North Carolina after I graduated from college. My husband uh, was born and raised in North Carolina, and after high school, he went into the military, and he served in the Persian Gulf War and in Desert Storm, Desert Shield. And when he was in the Gulf War, he was on a mine sweep. And so he told me that he used to go out in this little wooden boat and sweep the mines out of the way, which I'm sure there's something prophetic in that eventually that we'll talk about at some time together, babe. But <clears throat> it's just, anyway, a little bit of information from us. So we were married um, in October of 2001, and we ended up in different denominational churches um, in the beginning of our marriage. And um, we were in one of those at the time, and we got introduced to Amway. I don't know if any of you have ever been introduced to Amway. I still use their soap, but um, so we were at a meeting, and um, the gentleman who had, was our upline at the time had us at the product table, and he showed us a set of CDs by Kenneth Copeland called The Authority of the Believer. And he said, have you ever heard of Kenneth Copeland? And we were like, nope, never heard of Kenneth Copeland. So we bought the CDs, and we started listening to them, and it was just... I can't even tell you. Like, I literally felt like I wanted to jump out from inside of myself, and I didn't even understand what that was, whether it was my spirit, Holy Spirit, combination of both. I'm like, who preaches like this? I'd never heard anybody, anybody preach like that. And we also read a book by Fred Price called How Faith Works, and that just rocked our theology. It rocked pretty much everything we ever thought we knew. Um, you know, we had been in the denominational church, and there were just things that never, like, I just didn't agree with stuff that was being said, yet I'm like, well, I don't have a degree in theology, or I never went to seminary, so the pastor in the pulpit must know, you know, he's the one who went and learned all about God, what he's doing, and um, it caused us to really study our Bible, as opposed to, you know, some of us probably know that you can just read the Bible, and it doesn't really absorb into you. You just do your little checkbox, we skim through it, and it really doesn't change us. And we had been in a place where that was kind of what we were doing, our little Christian duty. We read our Bible today, and you know, um, you just take whatever the pastor says from the pulpit and not really go in and see, is that really what the Word of God says, and, and study it out. So the Lord started taking us on a journey, and we started listening to more of, you know, they call it Word of Faith teaching. And so you can't keep listening to Word of Faith teaching and stay in a denominational church very long because it's very opposite. So the Lord moved us um, to a Word of Faith church and took us on a journey there where we were just, felt like we had been drinking out of a fire hydrant, that we didn't know anything about God, um, which we probably really didn't, and or the Bible. And so we just really started digging into um, you know, what the Word of God said about different things, about healing, about who He is, about your finances and stuff. And um, at the time we first started going to that Word of Faith church, um, I had had a stomach condition called Barrett's esophagus, and I was sick all the time. I was on a low-fat, anti-reflux diet. I was taking medication. I'd have to go in and have an endoscopy, and pretty much everything made me sick. And um, we heard that they were going to have a service that one Sunday night, and if you didn't have your prayer language, or if you were sick, you needed to come because they were going to take care of all that stuff for you. So we were like, oh, a twofer, right? Uh, <laughs> like, we didn't have either of those, so we need to go to this meeting. So we went to the meeting, and we got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I remember thinking, wow, how do I turn this off? And then how do I turn it back on? Because I didn't have, you know, we didn't know. All of a sudden, you're just doing it, and then you're just like, well, what just happened? That's, at least that's how it worked for us. So 
they prayed over um, me for healing, but my healing didn't manifest right away. So I was like, oh man, I must have missed it. Like, what did I do wrong? That was how I felt and that was my thought process. So I started digging into anything I could get my hands on about healing. I was listening, reading Kenneth Hagin's books. I was going and listening to more stuff by Kenneth Copeland on healing. I'm reading things on healing. I would be in the bathroom sick and it's like you're supposed to confess. So I had my confessions in there about, I know by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. Like I was so trying so hard to figure out why didn't I get healed? What did I, what did I do wrong? Did I not understand it? Those kind of things. So I just went on this journey. And Kenneth Copeland talked in one of his CDs about a gentleman by the name of Keith Moore and how Kenneth Copeland was experiencing some physical issue and the Lord reminded him. He's like, you need to go back and listen to those CDs. I think, I, I think at the time they were tapes, but they're CDs now. Because um, Keith Moore took every incidence of healing in the New Testament and he did a teaching on it. So I think there was like 20 or 21. So I went through the whole set. I was just listening to him. I work from home. So I'd sit at home and I'd be working and I would be playing these CDs. So I went through them one time and I went back through them. I started a second time and we were on, I don't know, I think the second CD and there was a part where he was having people pray in the spirit and I'm like, oh, thank God I can do that. So I was doing that and I literally felt all of a sudden electricity come down, shoot through the top of my head. It pushed me so hard. If I wasn't sitting, I would have been on the floor and I literally thought it was going to push my chair through the floor. And I'm like, oh, I just got healed. That's, I just knew. I'm like, I got healed. Now, I don't recommend doing what I did, but this, I'm just telling you, this is my testimony. This is what I did. So I stopped taking my medicine. I never went back to the doctor. I'm like, I'm good. I'm like, I am healed. Praise God. And so I started to eat things that used to make me sick and I didn't get sick. The only thing I didn't eat was pizza because the sauce, that was the thing that was the worst for me. So I kind of held off on that one. But everything else I just started eating and the doctor kept wanting me to come back in and have an endoscopy. But at the time we had like a $500 copay and four kids and I'm like, I'm not spending 500 bucks to go for you to tell me that I'm healed when I already know. Maybe in hindsight we could have done that and had some different kind of testimony, but that's where we were. <laughs> if I'm being honest, it just wasn't gonna go. So um, the church we were at, they used to do pizza on Wednesdays if you wanted to buy it before you had the Wednesday night service. So I told my husband, I'm like, I'm having pizza tonight. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, because I miss it. So I had it. And so that night, um, I woke up and I started feeling sick. And that's usually what would happen. I would get woken up in the middle of the night, and for three days, I would be so, so sick. And I sat up in bed, and I said to the devil, I'm not getting out of bed tonight. You need to go away. And I laid back down, and I went to sleep, and that was it. Never again. Praise God um, for that. So that's just a testimony. That was my process. I know God does different things in different ways. So, you know, that was, that was just where we were. And it was just so awesome to have that healing. And so, you know, I don't understand, was it because I did this, that, and the other? It doesn't matter. I just got healed. And I'm like, praise God, God is the one who healed me. So anyway, um, we um, then in 2008 um, had our home in Zebulon built that we thought was gonna be our forever place. This is where we're gonna retire after our kids have grown up. I would go to bed at night, I would dream about this house. I could literally walk through the house and see this room is here, this is there, and all of, the, all of that. Um, we had saved up um, money to buy furniture for the house. So that's a great way to move. You know, you got, we got rid of everything else we had because we'd both been married before, so we had a little bit from here and from there. And I'm like, I'm not taking any any of that stuff into the new. Even then, look, we were doing something prophetic. We didn't even know it. We were like, we're getting rid I mean, we got rid of all of it. If it came from one of the other places, I'm like, I don't want it. I mean, silverware, I was really bad. I'm like, I'm getting rid of all of it. We can eat on plastic forks if we have to until we get new ones. But we took nothing that we had had, you know, from before there. And um, so that was, it was just, and I say that because later on, the Lord had to have me, he had a different plan than that. But that was, I'm like, this is our place, this is our house. So right before we moved in to that house, um, November of 2007, Bryant got laid off from his job. Now he had been in the military and the job he was at, he'd been in there I think, I don't know, eight years, 10 years, something like that, and he'd worked his way up into management. So when he got laid off right before Christmas with four kids, but God is still good, <clears throat> um, 
he started looking for other employment. Well, there were other people, you start going into 2008 in the job market who have degrees, who were in management, who are also looking for jobs, and then you have you know, somebody who, who doesn't have a degree, you know, he has military experience. So he must have sent out well over 100 resumes and didn't get a single, not even Lowe's or Home Depot, which you'd think, you look at him, he's like Mr. Lowe's, right? You know, I'm like, why would they not hire him? But <laughs> they didn't even want to talk to him. So he said, well, at least I can cut grass. So he went and got a small commercial mower and started a small landscaping company. Um, there was a gentleman at the church that we were at. He, had a, um, he was like a single builder, like a custom builder. And so Bryant was doing a little bit of general contracting work for him. And so we were in this process when we went and purchased our new house. And so we kind of had a plan like, okay, well, in six months, the business is going to grow and all this other stuff and we'll be good and, and all of that. So we went through that whole process. Um, but by 2010, the landscaping business really hadn't taken off. And so Bryant um, told me, he says, you know, I've always wanted to be a police officer. And I was like, really? He said, yeah, that's been my heart's desire. So um, he decided that he wanted to pursue that. And I said, okay. You know, I saw how frustrated he was with, you know, where the business was going and things like that and trying to provide for the family. So he went and applied to the um, Wake County Sheriff's Department. And at the time they had like 400 applicants in and they were going to narrow it down to 40. And those 40 would sit with the sheriff and the sheriff would pick 20. So Bryant was one of those 40. And, um, you know, we were praying and just believing God that this is what he was going to do. And after the interview, he called me. He's like, babe, he's like, I blew it. I blew the interview. He's like, they asked me a question. And he's like, as soon as I answered it, I went this, I don't know why I said what I said. He's like, and I just knew that that was not, that I wasn't going to get it. And... Um, I think it was on the way home or shortly thereafter, the recruiter called, basically told him, you know, that he didn't get it, but that he, um, they wanted to offer him a job in the jail. And so they said, you know, you can get in, you can work in the jail, and then you're already in the system, and then later on when the next academy comes up, we can look at transferring you internally. That was an option. So we talked about it, and he started looking, and he was only a couple credits shy of getting his bachelor's degree, because he had been going along in this process of getting his associate's degree online to try to make himself more marketable. And so he talked to the recruiter, and the recruiter said, well, if I were you, I would finish your bachelor's degree and don't do the prison guard position, because when you get in, you're, you're in at whatever level of education you have, that's your base. And so a bachelor's degree is a higher starting base than the other, so they don't bump you up just because later on you got a bachelor's degree. So we said, okay, well, this is God's plan, and this is what we're going to do, but that was not the plan of God. <clears throat> so um, in late 2011, early 2012, we were at a Sunday night service, and the campus pastor there, he and his wife, they were our best friends. We had gone down when the, the church launched, and they asked us to be one of the couples to come down and help them um, establish the campus. I called Bryant up to the front, and he said, um, I have a word from the Lord for you. Brian's like, okay, and I'm like, yes, finally, right? He's going to become a police officer. We're going to get this word from the Lord because he was in process once again, you know? And um, he said, the Lord wants to know, do you trust me? And Brian's like, yeah. And that Bruce, he was like, that's all I got, man. That's literally what he said. I mean, that's just how he was because they were our friends. He's like, that's all I want to know. Do you trust him? So we were just like, okay, yeah, finally, this is what's going to happen. But um, that did not happen. Um, he still did not get hired in that process at whatever time it was he was in because there were several. So by the middle of 2012, we had to make a decision about the house our forever house that we thought we were going to have because we could no longer continue to make the payments on it. And so we were praying and seeking the Lord, like, what are we supposed to do with this house? We had tried to work things out with our bank and all of that. And it just, you know, like at the time that we were, everybody was doing home loan modifications and all that stuff, and they came back and gave us a number that was like $1,000 more a month than what they told us it was going to be. And we're like, there's, there's just no way. So I told the Lord, I said, if you want us to release this house, if we're supposed to let it go, then you need to, to take it from me emotionally because I'm not going to mourn this house because I had dreamed about this place. Every, I, there was not a thing in that house that I did not pick out. And um, the next day, just like that, I said to Bryant, I'm like, what do you think about Florida? 
And he was like, Florida? I'm like, yeah. I said, I think we're supposed to move to Florida. <laughs> and I said, not yet. Our daughter is the youngest, and she needs to graduate from high school, so we've got five more years. But I said, I think, I think God's calling us to move to Florida. And so at the time, we were under that teaching of, well, if you move, you need to make sure there's a good solid church wherever you go, right? Because a lot of people move and think God gave them this great job and they go somewhere and there's no church and then they're miserable type thing. So I said, well, I heard the west coast of Florida is beautiful. I'm like, so, and then I remembered Keith Moore has a church in Florida. And I said, I wonder where that is. So we looked and it's in Lakewood Ranch, which is on the west coast, Sarasota, Bradenton. And I'm like, bingo. I'm like, that's it. So we're going to move to Florida and we're going to go be a part of Keith Moore's church. And Maybe, you know, they have healing, stuff like that. Maybe we'll get to pray for people and they'll get healed because, you know, that's a testimony. That's what the Lord's going to do. That's kind of what we were thinking. So we started using our vacation time and we would come down and we had a timeshare. So we'd stay in Orlando and we'd get up in the morning on a Sunday, like seven, and we would drive two and a half hours or whatever it is to Keith Moore's church and we would go to church there. And then we would have lunch and drive around and look at houses. And then we would drive back to Orlando. And then Monday, we would drive back over and we were looking more, looking at different places, looking at different neighborhoods, dreaming with God. We're like, God, show us, are we gonna live here? Are we really gonna live here? And so we did this for several years. Um, let's see where I'm at on my little, I have notes here to try to keep myself on track and I'm staying. So in 2013, the Lord, made it clear to us that we were to change churches. And we were like, why are we changing churches, God? You know we're moving to Florida in a couple more years. Like, why can't we just stay where we're at? And so, um, you know, the place we were at, it was a challenge sometimes when you left because the only time people ever left was not because they heard from the Lord. If you were local, is because you got offended. We're like, well, we're not offended, but God's telling us that we need to go. And the Lord literally showed Bryant a vision, and at the time he didn't even know what it was, but he literally, we were getting ready for church, and he saw movie clips of the Titanic flash before him, and then the Lord would show him some stuff from the church. Not that the church was a bad place, but he was just showing him some things. And so he made it abundantly clear to Bryant, no, we need to go. And so we were like, okay, God, well, we trust you. You're showing us this for a reason, so we're going to go. So we ended up um, at um, this this other church, and they, we got introduced slightly to the prophetic there. Um, I met a couple of ladies who um, had gone like on mission trips, and they were telling me that they've seen, you know, they were casting demons out of people, and people are doing all this crazy stuff, and I'm like, wow. I mean, you read about it in the Bible, but you know, we had never experienced that or never seen that, so again, we were in this position of, well, we don't really know anything, <laughs> you know, spiritual, or we've never experienced anything like that, so God was slowly starting to talk to us um, about the prophetic. And then um, in 2014, we had been renting then after we got rid of our house. We decided to purchase a, a small house in Nightdale because it was more cost effective for us to own a house than to keep renting for a couple years. So we thought, okay, well, we'll do this. And then when it's time to move, we'll go ahead and we'll sell the house and, and we'll move to Florida. So in the fall of 2015, we were at a healing meeting in Texas at Kenneth Copeland's church. He had had Billy Burke come in and we went to that because we thought, well, we're, we know we've been having dreams about healing and things like that, that we didn't know what that was going to look like, but we should go get under that anointing. Let's go to this meeting. So we were at the meeting, and um, the, the ladies that, that I had met at the church, somehow I had heard about Jennifer LeClaire. So I had been reading some of Jennifer LeClaire's books. Well, she has a book, and in her book, she references Dutch Sheets's book, Appeal to Heaven. And so I bought the Appeal to Heaven book, and I read that book. And I was reading the dream to Bryant that they talk about, you know, the synergy of the ages. If you haven't read Dutch's Appeal to Heaven book, you really should read it. It's awesome. And I'm reading this to him, and he's like, you've told me this before. And I'm like, uh, no, I haven't. He's like, yeah, you did. I'm like, well, have you read this book? He said, no. I said, well, then I don't know how you've heard it. <laughs> I'm like, because I've never, I haven't read it to you. So he doesn't know, like, how, but it was like, no, I, he either heard it or saw it or somehow or God gave him a dream about it that he didn't remember or whatever, but he was just like, I know I have heard this before. So while we're at this meeting, we're back in the hotel, and all of a sudden this little ad pops up, I guess on Facebook or something, that Dutch Sheets is having his first Appeal to Heaven conference in Ohio in November of 2015. And I'm like, babe, we need to go to this. I'm like, that's the guy who wrote the book with the dream. I'm like, we need to go to this conference because now we're trying to find, you know, 
all this new stuff, this prophetic stuff. We're like, we need to go to this. So we go. <clears throat> and who was at that conference? Ken Malone. So we saw Ken. We didn't know him. And, um, but he was there. And um, Lonnie and Sabrina Hooks were at that conference. And I think Ken had at one point called Lonnie up on stage to pray when they were praying and decreeing and declaring. So now we go to this conference. So, and if any of you, Chuck Pierce was there, and all you guys already know all this prophetic stuff, right, because you were in it. So this is our first real prophetic conference, and we were like, <laughs> it was crazy, but it was in a good way, because, you know, God brought us into this, and we were just, like, worship went on for hour, 15, hour and a half, you know, we were used to 20 minutes, and that was it, we were done, it was time, you know, to move on, and God just wrecked us at that conference, and this hunger and this desire in us, like, for more of that, and so um, they had a luncheon at the conference, if you were interested in becoming a partner with Dutch Sheets Ministries, or you already were a partner, come to the luncheon, so we went, <clears throat> and listened to Dutch, and Ken was there, and he talked about Dutch and what the ministry was doing, and after, we briefly got to talk to Dutch, and um, we walked away, and we were just like, you just loved that man. We couldn't even explain it. We're like, we just love what he's doing. He just has this heart. I'm like, that sounds so weird, right, hon? I'm like, don't you just love him already? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So we started sewing financially into the ministry. So then... Um, <clears throat> The following spring, he had another conference in Moline, Illinois. And so we went to that Appeal to Heaven conference. And now we actually were partners, so we went to the partner luncheon, and Dutch's wife, Cece, recognized us. And she, so Bryant started talking to her a little bit and um, she, you know, telling her that we believe we we're getting ready to move to Florida. We're thinking we're going to be going to Keith Moore's church, have something to do with healing. We're not sure what all that's going to look like. And she says, oh, well, if you're going to go to Florida, you need to talk to Ken Malone because he is the apostle over the state of Florida and he travels all over Florida and does you know, healing meetings and different things like that. Brian's like, well, okay. So he's talking, he's like, how do you talk to like a Ken Malone? Because where we came from, you never talk to the speakers ever. Like that just did not happen. You know what I mean? They don't hang out and wait. And, and I get it sometimes and stuff like that. But that, so that was a foreign concept to us just being able to talk to him. So the next morning in the hotel, Bryant runs into Lou Engel and starts talking to him. And Lou's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you just go up and just talk to him. He goes, we're just like everybody else. He goes, it's no big deal. Just when the conference is over, just go up and, you know, talk to him. And then Lou started asking him if he dreamed and if he fasted. And then Bryant was like, I'm sure you're busy and you need to go, so I'll let you leave. Because <laughs> he didn't want to hear about that whole fasting thing. <laughs> Won't start talking about that. So... Um, Anyway, after the meeting was over, um, there were a couple rows of metal chairs on the, the stage at that conference, and Ken was sitting there all by himself. Well, Bryant was on the, the back side, was trying to come in on that side wing, and there was a security guard there. And Bryant's like, can you just tap him and just let him know I want to talk to him? The guy was like, no, he's busy. Bryant's like, he can see him. He's just flipping through his phone. And he's like, well, no, just ask him if it's okay. Nope, he's busy. So Brian was like, okay, well, he saw the whole front was wide open, but the way their church was, you had to go all the way around. So he's like, I'm just going to go around and come talk to him. So by the time Bryant got back, Ken was, he had already left. So we're standing there, we're like the only two people left, and we're getting ready to leave. And this couple comes walking in, and it's Lonnie and Sabrina Hooks. And um, they came up to us, and Lonnie said, we were getting ready to leave, and the Lord told us, you need to go back into that church. Can you hear me? Oh, there we are. Okay. So. It's all right. It's all good, right? God is good. So um, anyway, they came back in and said, there's this couple that God said that we needed to meet. And Bryant recognized him. Oh, and so Bryant was trying to tell him that he was trying to talk to Ken. And Lonnie's like, oh, I know Ken. He's like, he's having a meeting in June. He's like, you need to come to this meeting. Brian's like, really? And he's like, yeah. He goes, just go on. He goes, get in touch with the ministry or whatever and, and sign up and come to this meeting that he's having in Florida in June. So they started praying for us and, and things like that. And man, Sabrina, if you've never had her pray for you, I'm telling you, she touched me and like we were on the floor. I'm like, what just happened? I mean, she's got fire, that girl. So we go home and Bryant goes on Forerunner Ministries' website and signs us up for the conference and sends, he actually emails them and lets them know, like just told Ken a little bit about us and what we thought, what we thought um, God was calling us to do. And within an hour, he gets an email back and he's like, babe, I actually think this is from Ken. 
like not a secretary, like really from him. And um, Ken told him, he's like, oh yeah, I'm really excited to meet you guys. This meeting's gonna be great. You know, come down and we're having a NEI um, luncheon. So come to that and you guys can find out a little bit more about what that's all about. So in June of 2016, we come to the meeting and guess where that meeting was? Here, right here in this church is the first time we actually got to meet Ken Malone in person and we met Kendall and Melissa and um, the meeting was just, it was just amazing and, and Dutch was at it and um, it was just how funny how God like, you know, did that. So we knew that this place was always gonna have a special place in our heart because we had, in the meantime too, we'd, we'd started going back to Keith Moore's church here and there just making visits and we realized that that really wasn't like where God was calling us, right? So, but God couldn't have told us back in 2012 when I'm like talking about you have to take this forever house for me because I don't want to cry about well you're going to come to this apostolic center that I'm going to have because we didn't know anything about it so he had to get me thinking Florida and he had to get me thinking over here and um, you know over in Bradenton and all of that and because he actually then had us move to Bradenton first before we came here so um, let's see I think we did that I'm trying to figure out where I'm at in the story we'll just so after that, um, after that conference, we just, we continued to, to seek the Lord about it. We were all excited about what we were supposed to do. So January of last year, I was on a business trip, and um, I told Bryant, huh? No. 2017, we moved last year. I know it seems longer. Okay, Mama Cheryl. <laughs> it's my story. <laughs> Well, it's ours. I know we're one, but right now it's my story. So we're going to say January of 2017. <clears throat> I was on a business trip, and the Lord said, now's the time. And I said, what do you mean, now's the time? So I called Brian. I'm like, babe, I said, I don't know what this means. The Lord just said, now's the time. And he says, okay. So for the month of February, we started, or Brian did, packing up all our non-essential stuff because we knew we were going to be moving that summer anyway, right? So, you know, we might as well get some of the stuff out of the way and just, you know, go with that. God's just telling us finally, because we've been talking for years, telling everybody, we're moving to Florida, we're moving to Florida. They're like, will you just move to Florida already? We're so tired of hearing. We're like, we're prophesying it, right? We didn't even know. We're moving to Florida, we're moving to Florida. So he gets all ready. And in March, um, Ken had a, uh, a small conference, Sons and Daughters Conference, and we were at that at the beginning of March. And... Um, the Lord started talking to Bryant and telling him, giving him a date in April. Now, he didn't tell me what the date was. So we leave the conference, and he says, babe, I think we're supposed to be in Florida at the beginning of April. Now, this is March. And I'm like, okay. And we were already had scheduled to be back in Florida for an entire week in March, like the week after we got back from the Sons and Daughters Conference, because we were taking our daughter to go look at colleges and everything. And... Um, so we got home, and I'm like, well, we're going to have to move fast. We literally put our house on the market the week we got back. It went up on, we met with a real estate agent on Friday and signed the papers. The house went on the market. We left Saturday to come to Florida for a week. By Monday, we had a signed offer on our home in North Carolina for purchase. So our house sold in like two days. That Tuesday, while we were here in Florida, there was a home that I had found the week before um, that we were going to go look at for rent. And if you've tried to find rental property down here, you know that it goes very, very quickly. So it was still on the market when we came down. We went to go see it, and it was, it's in Bradenton. And we're like, this is perfect. This is the house. And so the lady who was renting it told us that there's another couple coming in 45 minutes to look at this property. And I said, well, how does that work? Who gets the property? She said, whoever hands me the check first to do the background checks and fills out the little rental application. And she had already sent it to me online. So I had it all printed off. And I said, well, here you go. And in addition, here's our tax returns and my pay stubs and whatever else they had asked for. Like if you actually, you know, once you were approved, I said, I have everything here for you. So I handed it to her. And so she said, well, it'll probably be a week before we'll know for sure whether or not you're going to be able to, you know, be accepted, you know, for the house and everything. And um, Brian said, well, I'd really like the lease to start April 1st. And she said, well, I don't know if that can happen. She said, because um, I'm out of town that weekend. And Brian's like, well, we could start it on the 31st, that Friday, because he was trying to figure out how we would be here at the beginning of April. 
So she said, I'll see what I can do. So they, in two days, she calls us at Thursday, and she says, you guys have been approved. She says, the only problem is that the lease can't start until April 3rd. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. So I said to Brian, I got a phone with her. I'm like, babe, I'm like, we got the house, and, um, but our lease is going to start. I know you wanted to be in on the first, but our lease is going to start April 3rd. Now, he's sitting next to me on the bed. I thought he was going to fall off. He's like, what? He said, no, you don't understand. The whole time during the Sons and Daughters Conference, all he heard was April 3rd, April 3rd, April 3rd, April 3rd. And he's like, and I looked at the calendar, and April 3rd is a Monday. And he's like, nobody moves on a Monday. So we need to be here. Like, we just need to make sure we're here in Florida by the 3rd. So we should move on a Saturday. That's more realistic. And so he's backing it up, and he has his plan. But God said, no, April 3rd. So we packed our stuff up. And we moved in April 3rd to the house over there. And um, our daughter finished, and she got to stay with her biological father, you know, to finish up school and stuff like that. And then she moved down, and we got her settled in college. My parents moved down, and um, they purchased a house in the Bradenton area, and we got them all settled. So Bryant is, continues to look for jobs now in Florida, and he's not finding jobs again still. So he's getting really frustrated. He's like, God, what do you want me to be doing? What are we supposed to be doing? And all he would see is Ken's face, or he would hear Ken's name. And he's like, okay, well, that's great. You know, he's having a conference over here or there, and we can go travel over there and, you know, help him however he needs, you know, and that kind of stuff. But what do you want me to do? And that was all he got. Um, so late in the summer, we got a call from Ken, and he told us that he was going to be um, moving over here to launch the Apostolic Center. Um, and he sent us the word from Cindy Jacobs to look at, and he goes, I want you guys to pray into this because I think you're supposed to be a part of it, you know, helping with it. And um, so we did. We started praying into that. And when he launched in September, it's been a year since the center launched here, um, we came over for that. And we were listening to the vision, you know, that he and Kendall presented, you know, and stuff like that about the shift from a pastoral to an apostolic center and the training and the different things that the Lord was going to have. And we were like, okay, well, God, if you want us to do this, our lease isn't up until the end of March. And, um, you know, how, how's that going to work? Because we were thinking, well, maybe we could just drive back and forth, you know, come over even on a Sunday morning. It's like, what, three hours, depending on how fast you drive, <laughs> you know, and then drive back, you know, we could do that. But after listening to that, we really believed, like, no, we have to be planted here in this region, like in this area to be able to, you know, fully um, support that vision. And so we're like, well, God, if you want us to be coming, we can't get a hotel every weekend. What do you, you know, you're going to have to work this out. So we're kind of talking to each other when we're supposed to be paying attention to service, right? We're having this little conversation. And so when service is over, um, Kendall came up to us and he said, um, there's a couple um, who said that they, um, they kind of do a, like a bed and breakfast kind of thing. And if you guys need a place to stay, if you want to be traveling back and forth, that, he, that they will open up their house to you. And we were just like, What? Like, God, we're having this conversation, and the Lord, this sweet couple right here, Paul and Debbie, because I'm going to call them out, opened up their home to us, and for six weeks, I think they only thought we would be coming in, like, on a Friday and a Saturday, but then it was like, okay, can we come Wednesday and stay? And they were so gracious, and I'm telling you, these two are just... We just love them, and you are part of our story. You are part of what the Lord did, because he used you to immediately tell us, again, do you trust me? Will you do what I'm asking you to do? And you don't need to worry about it because I've already put it on their hearts because this is how they are. So thank you guys for, for that. We will be forever grateful. We just love you. Um, and so we did. We got to stay with them. And um, Ken and Cheryl had to stay with them too for a little bit until their condo was ready. And then when Ken and Cheryl, their condo um, was finally ready in the middle of October, um, they said, well, you guys can come and, you know, stay with us and stuff. And so we started coming and staying with them. And then we were staying for two weeks at a time. So, and Bryant started working on Ken's office and, and just different things like that. And so we thought, okay, well, once he gets over here, then he'll find, there'll be a job. Finally, God, right? We're going to have a job. But again, God is just so awesome. He has different plans. So 
Um, shortly before we moved, Bryant got contacted by this company that does contract work, and it's really part-time, and it's really, you never know when you're going to work, and so you can kind of give them your availability, and if they have some work, they'll do it. And the thing with this company is they're all over Florida. So they actually, um, you know, when he did it, then we realized too, oh, well, when he moves over here to the East Coast to be able to kind of keep that job. So we were debating because our daughter, who's in college, um, she was finishing up her first year, and it was like, okay, well, maybe we should stay through the summer because she had this job, and she really wanted to keep it. And so we thought, okay, well, we can still make this drive, like, back and forth and live out of a suitcase for several more months, you know, and just extend our lease month to month, and then when she goes back to school in August, we can permanently, you know, move over here. But God has different ideas. So in January... Our rental agent calls us and tells us that the house that we've been renting in Bradenton, the owner wants to put it on the market. He doesn't want to re-rent it when our lease is up. So we said, oh, okay, well, I guess God's making sure that we know we're not supposed to stay in Bradenton, <laughs> that we need to, because we we're like, we weren't going to buy it, and if we're going to get another place, we might as well, you know, come over here and not rent anything over there. So we started looking at places over here, but we were still not within that. You usually can't go out like 60 days and have them hold a place for you. So we, we waited until February, and then Miss Patty Colton, um, her and Bain took us one weekend to, I don't know, like 10 places, and I'm like, God, there's got to be a different place in any of these 10 that we already saw. And so um, Valentine's Day, right before we were on our way um, back to Bradenton, there was a house we were going to go look at, and Patty met us out there, and the actual other um, the landlord's agent, they, they met us out there as well. And Patty's like, they never do that. She goes, this is just different. And so the minute we walked in the house, we were like, this is it. This is the house. So Patty and the other agent, they sit down and talk all the stuff out. I'm like, you guys figure it all out. We're just going to walk through the house. So we walked through the house and gave her the money so they could do the background checks and all of that. And she practically was telling us we were approved before we walked out of the door. God was so, so good with that. So we called the agent of the place that we had in Bradenton, and we said, we just want you to know, we're not going to have to do any kind of month to month that when our lease is up at the end of March, you know, we're going to be moving, and we want to know if they wanted to sell the washer and dryer to us, because we didn't have a washer and dryer. And she said, oh, I guess I forgot to tell you, the landlord changed his mind, and he's not going to sell the house, he is going to re-rent it. <laughs> so it just shows that how we were thinking maybe we needed to delay things for whatever reason, because of our daughter, who ended up, God worked it out, because she could stay with my parents and keep her job, and then she came over here a couple times, and how he had that. But his plan was different. It was different than our plan. And so um, that's kind of what the Lord has done with us. And so now, you know, we're, we're looking around here and he's asking us as a church, you know, there's these prophetic words that the Lord has given to us, right, about this place. And it's a new thing. And it's really new. And so that takes a lot of trust from the Lord because we don't have a game plan, right? Because it's something new, it's something different that he wants to do. And so, you know, when he went in and how the Lord did what he did in Ken's office. Ken's idea, I think, of how it was going to look was a little bit different at first. Um, we were giving him a hard time because he wanted to put a deer head in there, and Patty's like, you're not putting a deer head in that office. <laughs> but how prophetic it is, because his office is, if you've ever been in it, it's all airplanes, and he's got keys in there, and he's got eagles in there, and lions in there, and it is literally like a prophetic statement. You know, he goes in there, and, you know, the airplane lifts you up, right? You literally have to get the strategy from heaven. And that is what, you know, he's in there and he's doing because you listen to him as he's talking and he's literally asking the Lord, what is the blueprint? What is the strategy? What do we need to do to move forward? Not what we would think because we have all this experience and say, oh, okay, well, I know, you know, God would never ask me to do this or God's never asked me to do that before. So therefore I don't even need to entertain it. The Lord's saying, no, that's not what it's about. Lord's like, I want you to ask me. I mean, even in the Old Testament, he took us through different things, right, with battles. He didn't always have them do the same thing each battle. It's like they're always talking. They went, you know, David went and inquired of the Lord. This one went and inquired of the Lord. This one went and inquired of the Lord. They inquired of the Lord about everything they did, right? And even Jesus, what, right, what did he do? It says he never did or said anything other than what the Father did or said. And I shared that 
our journey with you because it was like for us, there were so many different times where we were thinking one thing and the Lord was like, mm, yeah, no, but that's not the plan, you know? And it didn't make sense. Well, why move us to Bradenton? Why not just wait and have us stay up there, you know, another four or five months in North Carolina and just move us to Satellite Beach? But that was not God's plan, you know? And he showed us some things about, you know, having our daughter settled and my parents over there. There was a reason that he had to send us there first. And so it was like, okay, well now looking back on it, it makes sense. And he wanted to confirm, like, we knew we didn't miss it because God told us to go and God gave us the date and we got the house. And then several months later, he's like, okay, now don't get too comfortable here because we're gonna change it up again. And that's the thing with us. He's asking us, do we trust him? Do we trust him? With this, do we trust him to change things? Like the the decor, as things start to get changed in here, I know people might be like, oh, it's just decor. It's not just decor. You walk into Ken's office, you can literally feel a shift in the environment between like the conference room and his office. And it's not because there's anything wrong. You know what I mean? It's like God is saying this old season, I'm doing away with this and you're entering into the new. And the more we shift and the more we do things and the more changes that we make, everything in this place is gonna be a prophetic statement. It's gonna speak to the plan of the Lord. Even the decor will speak to it. You know, he started a theme. He's given Patty this awesome vision of she's already seen it. He's already laid it out for her. It's just the question of when, because we don't want to get ahead of God's timing. Because we were, we were at this conference or retreat, whatever you want to call it, getting wrecked this past week. And the one lady shared a testimony, which I think is appropriate here. They have a, um, a big center and, and underneath they have rooms and stuff like that where, gonna, where they're going to be able to house more um, women. Um, who, are, who are coming to the farm. And the only thing they need there is carpet. That's it. And once the carpet's put in, then they can take in all these other people. But the Lord's been talking to them because outside of that center, there's a place where he wants to have a garden, and it's called the King's Garden. And so they've been, the, the leader there, Rhonda, she's like, the Lord wants us to do the garden first. And one of the leaders, they're like, okay, well, I'm praying and, and I believe that, you know, the, you know, the leaders are coming around and they're like, okay, well, we're in agreement, Rhonda, that you're hearing from the Lord. But the one leader was like, well, God, I don't understand. Why would you have the garden done before you put in the carpeting? Because when the carpeting goes in, more people can come. And that's the goal, right, is to bring these hurting people in. And the Lord said, because the people that I am going to bring to this center are so wounded and are so broken. I don't want them to look out at an empty field. I want them to look out at my garden. And you're like, wow. So what we would think naturally, well, it doesn't make sense, God. You know, you want the people, you know, the people will come when the Lord wants them to come. And we look around here and there's things that the Lord's doing and he's preparing this place and he is preparing us and he is preparing our hearts for those that I am telling you that have been wounded and broken everywhere else. And the Lord is saying that I'm gonna, they will trust me one more time and I will send them to you, but we have to get ready. We are preparing this house, not for us. It's not about changing it just because we wanna change it. It's preparing it for those he is going to send to us because they are gonna feel a peace here. They are gonna feel the presence of God here. This is going to be a reformation, transformation center. It is not about growing big numbers. It is about people coming in, getting healed, getting delivered, delivered, getting restored, and they are being sent back out. This is a sending place. It is a sending place. Just like the Lord put his finger on the worship leader for the house, right? We can use that as another example because people might have had other ideas. Well, why bring somebody in from Georgia? Why? There's plenty of people in Florida who can do worship. Yeah, they can. But the Lord said, no, I'm gonna pick Alicia Day. She's the one I have chosen, A, which he was talking to me about this, the beginning day. It is a new day, it is a new beginning, and I'm gonna bring in an Alicia Day. And with her, part of the prophetic word is about the young worshipers who are gonna come in, because worship is the key. And that is why the enemy tries to fight this worship, the worship that goes on here, this team, our sound, all of this is because it is a key. And it doesn't mean that older people, like she, Alicia was talking about a couple weeks ago, aren't to be part of the worship team 
team. That is not what the Lord is saying. But what the Lord is saying is, is he's gonna bring these younger ones in. You look at who she has brought in. You're bringing in these 19 to you know early 20-somethings. You have a Danielle who has a home in Georgia and a job, right? And the Lord tells her, you move here. And she knows, right? in her mid-20s, like, okay, this is what the Lord said, and take a job making half of what you were making in Georgia, and you're gonna leave your home in Georgia, but she's like, I'm supposed to be a part of this, so God, I trust you, and I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes to you, and then her roommate, right? Her roommate Ruth gets a job just like that because the Lord says, you're going to come too. And she says, okay, God. And the Lord gives her a job and she's working less hours, no nights, no weekends, more money. But you know, but Danielle, he, he doesn't, he, he hasn't left his eye off of her either because of what she left. He will, he is going to restore even more to her than what she left. So it's only for a season, but because of her obedience and her to not be like, well, God, I'm not going if you don't and at least match the salary that I'm making right now and what about my house and what about that wasn't her heart right she said okay God and I'm like God I'm like you look at these young ones I'm like God please I want to be like that help me to trust you to that extent of like okay yep let's just go and you look at Alicia that's how she is she's just a <laughs> yep we're just going and she just goes and hurl her little you know that it's so cute it's like mama hen and all her little chicks are following her because she has this heart right? And for the other worshipers who have been here for a while, you know, it's like you've got Mike and Wendy, you know, they're, they're, they're epitome of their family. They have these beautiful children too. And the Lord will use them as spiritual mothers and fathers for some of these, just like Alicia and Randy. And it's like some of us, because some of these millennials that are coming in, it says they are the most motherless and fatherless generation that we have. And we're like, help us Lord Jesus, right? But he says, I can send them to Kingdom Gate Worship Center because there will be spiritual mothers and spiritual spiritual fathers there who will take these millennials under their wing, who will take them alongside of them and say, you know what? It's okay that they're different. It's okay that they're a little loud. It's okay that the worship isn't the same as what we thought it was going to be because the Lord loves all kinds of worship and all kinds of praise and it is going to be different. And that is what he is trying to tell us. If we want to get stuck and say it has to only be this way and no other way, then we're going to have a problem with what the Lord wants to do here. And he is saying to us, just yield to me, just trust me, and it is gonna be okay. And you might not understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, you might not understand why it looks the way it does, but trust me, because my ways are higher than your ways, and he can see the end from the beginning, and he has this strategy, because he's looking from up here, and if we will come up, in order for us to come up, we have to go low, and how do we go low? Worship, right, worship, you get on your face before God, and you say, God, show me, show me what I'm holding onto that's still me. Show me what I'm holding onto that I need to release, that I need to say, not your will, not my will, but yours, God. Please show me, what is it? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to do to step into the new? What is my role at Kingdom Gate? How am I supposed to, you know, we've got Lots of these lovely men and women here with beautiful smiles on their faces. God can use people to be greeters, right? We've got ushers. There, this is a team. There's people in the sound booth. We come together as a team. The Lord has put together a pastoral team. He's sent others alongside Kendall and Melissa because he's like, he knows, he's like, these two can't do it by themselves. So he's like, I'm gonna send you a team. I'm gonna send others to come alongside of you. So we work together as a team, right? The four of us and Ken and Cheryl, and, and we're praying. We're praying together as a team, and you guys are part of the team. We are all part of the team, and it's like, what is my, what is it, God, that you are asking me to do in this season? What is my role? And it may not be what I was always doing. It may not be this, because it may be time for one of the younger ones to come up, and the, you know, for them to do that, and, I'm, and part of my role then is to be, okay, to mentor them and train them, because this is a training center, right? So we're gonna be training people, so we're gonna have people who are up here on worship and they're going to be playing instruments and maybe they're new to that and it's going to be okay and they might not have the notes right all the time and stuff might happen but you know what we just need to flow with it because the Holy Spirit is going to be on it and if we would get off of that and we keep our focus on him we're not going to notice that but if they're if they're not allowed to get trained and they have to be perfect before they can come up here none of us are perfect and that is not fair and that is not what the Lord wants he's like look let me let me do it let it go let it go just drop it off right 
And even the stuff, it's like, I, the enemy has been fighting this stuff with this worship, with the sound and everything else. And it's just like, you know what? We cannot keep ourselves bogged down in those details. We just have to keep looking up. We have to keep looking up. And we just have to say, you know what, God? It's been a really frustrating day and I wanna leave my frustration because I don't wanna be frustrated. And tomorrow is a new day. It is a new day and you're gonna give me mercies for, you know, your mercies are new every morning and I know that you have this and we're just gonna lay it down and we're just gonna let it go. I mean, the announcements were so different today, but there might be some people who are like, really? It's, it's like, but you know, you wanna pull in millennials, we can't keep doing stuff the same way, but God is sending them here to us, why? To help us maybe get a little more efficient at things that we weren't as efficient on before. I mean, some of these are talking about some of the stuff they're doing and they're throwing it together and I'm like, huh? How do you do that? I have no idea how to do it, but I don't need to know how to do it because that's not my position, right? That's not my gifting or whatever. So God's like, well, this one can do it and they can get it done. You know, what might've taken me an hour, you know, takes Danielle two minutes. I had to type up the minutes for a meeting and I told Danielle, I'm like, I spent an hour on Word trying to figure out how to draw some thingamajigger and I couldn't even still figure out how to do it. And I was so aggravated. And she's like, well, you could have just asked me. I'm like, I, sh I should have, I almost didn't. She could have had it done in two minutes. And instead, I still didn't have it done because I don't know how to do that. And I don't like Word. I'm an accountant and I use Excel, so. Anyway, but I couldn't send the minutes to Apostle Ken in Excel, <laughs> could I? <laughs> anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. So, I don't know, I think I'm done, I guess. <laughs> um, so I'm just um, appreciative to Alicia, to all of you, I want you guys to know that. I mean, week after week, you guys come here, you serve, you are, um, you guys have these willing hearts. You guys are excited for what the Lord is going to do. And um, more, most importantly, we can all pray, right? And intercede, and that's what we all need. Each of us has our part in that piece as well, is to just pray and come before the Father and you know, cover this place and cover, cover the leadership, cover Ken and Cheryl, cover Kendall and Melissa, and just be like, look, God, just show them. Show them the plan. Show them the strategy. Show us what it needs to do. Show us what our part is, God. Show us if, there are, if, if things are being hindered. Where, shine your light on this place and point out the things that are hindering, where the hindrances are, what things have been hidden, what things the enemy has tried to keep hidden from us. Reveal those to us so we can, so we can get the strategy from heaven on how to deal with that hindrance and not think, oh, well, the last time this hindrance came in, this is what Joe Schmo down the street did, so this is what we need to do. No, it's what is the strategy, what is the strategy for today to how to handle this exact thing? And I just, you know, God is going to do amazing, amazing things, and we do. We really, really love each and every one of you, and we are so excited for the part that he has each and every one of you play because we all have a part. Each of us, you know, we're not all a finger, we're not all a toe, we, each, we are each different. Every joint supplies, and each one of us coming alongside of us and together. You know, you've got little Miss Fran here, I just love her. She's always praying. She's always praying about something, and thank God for people like that. You know, we all should pray, but some of us pray more, <laughs> and some of us probably should pray more, but you know, that's what she does. She's just praying. She's like, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm covering it in prayer, I'm praying it. God told me this. It's like, praise God. Thank you, you know? Thank you, Fran. Keep praying, keep praying. And um, so anyway, I guess I'm, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> just, I guess we're just, we're just gonna pray. <laughs>